Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. My wife's favorite candy is Big Hunk. I won't tell you what she calls me. All right. Just kidding. Just kidding. I hope you're having a great morning. What a great opportunity to worship. I, I, I hope you know the, the number one goal, and I say this often, the number one goal on Sunday mornings is that you leave saying, I connected with God. And that worship experience was a connection with God. At least it was for me, and I hope it was for you. And so hopefully the rest of this will just simply be icing on the cake and that you will enjoy the complete <clears throat> experience of the worship and the Word and God's, God's Word in our lives. Super excited about Achieve the Mission. We talked about it last week. I just want to encourage you. Um, first of all, we are in what we're calling the prepare stage. So the prepare stage is the stage where you grab the book, The Blessed Life, and you read that book, and some people have given me amazing feedback about what they're experiencing as they read that book. And, and just understanding that, that generosity is a way of life as a Christian. It's not a, um, an event. It's not an uh, uh, a, a, a arm-twisting experience. It's not driven by emotions. It's driven by a relationship with God. And that's the way our giving is to occur. And so we encourage you to uh, spend some time in that book. There is all kinds of opportunities to get more information online. And uh, we'll be sending out videos kind of explaining everything as we go. And I'm super excited about that. So we're in the prepare stage. Next week, next Sunday, we will start the prayer and fasting stage. And I'll talk more about that in detail next week. But I'm very excited about that because we want to hear from God. We don't want Pastor Ricardo, um, you know, we're not going to show any pictures of of puppies um, that need to be adopted or anything like that. We're not going to pull on the emotions. We want to be led of the Lord. We want God to guide us and direct us in our giving. And when that happens, amazing things happen. So we want prayer to be the focal point and the, the energy behind everything that God leads in this Achieve the Mission uh, initiative. And then we're going to plan. We want everyone to plan to give, plan to how, whatever the Lord speaks, you need to plan for it and get, it, get ready for it. And then on November 19th, we're going to call it what we're calling Miracle Sunday. That will be the Sunday where everyone gets an opportunity to give and to pledge what they're going to give over the next 12 months. And um, our goal is an amazing big goal. It's $400,000. And that's above and beyond the tithe, which we're super excited about. So I pray that God will just continue to bless you as you prayerfully consider how to be a partner in Achieve the Mission. We're in a series called Ripped. Ripped, like muscles ripped. You know, just this, this strength. I, I, you know, they, they took my picture uh, for this uh, for this series, and, and that's just during one of my morning workouts. <clears throat> and so, just kidding, obviously. Um, but super excited about RIP because what we want to be, is, spiritually speaking, is strong. We want to be ripped. We want to have muscles. It's really interesting the difference between guys and gals in this whole ripped kind of perspective is guys see a little ripple in their arms or something, and they're like, 
hey, there's a muscle there. And uh, girls see a little ripple and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm overweight and I need to lose that. Um, <clears throat> but we see things very differently, right? And we see things completely different. But the whole idea is to get the muscles of our faith so strong that when we face things, when we need to lift something that's heavy, or when we're going through difficult times, that we are able to, to challenge and face the challenge. That's the difference. The difference is when we don't have strength, then we fall and we trip and we go through difficult times emotionally broken. But when we go through, when we have the strength of faith in in God, then we are able to go through things that we never thought we could endure. And it's powerful. And so the, the interesting thing is anytime we're lifting weights, we're lifting them with the idea of resistance. That's why we call it weight. Is be weight lifting is because there's a resistance, not not this this is only five pounds, but there's some resistance there. And the, the resistance is what builds the strength. It's what builds the strength. Now, if I were to continue to do this a whole bunch of times, now not only am I building strength, but I'm building endurance as well. The ability to stand or endure uh, <clears throat> through life's trials. And I think this is really important that we understand what that means. And so last week we talked about the, the practice or the, the, the discipline of giving. This week we're going to talk about the practice or discipline of Bible reading. Bible reading. Now many of you are, are long-time Christians. Some of you are brand new Christians. Others of you are kicking the tires of faith trying to figure what this is all about. And so I hope that in each stage of life, wherever you are at, which I think is amazing, that we have all stages of life in here. All stages of faith, that no matter where you're at, I hope that by the end of this, you'll understand that the Bible is, is the power with which um, we are able to lift weight. The weight actually is not um, the, this, this bar. This bar is, cons- I would consider, the Bible. This is what will enable you to lift the other weights of life. This little weight right here, I don't know, it's about probably about two and a half pounds. This little weight right here is, your, you know, you're somebody pulling in the parking space in front of you. Right? And so if you put that on here, now with the Bible, you have the ability to properly lift it. Okay? Now this one right here, this one's a super heavy one. This is probably 25 pounds, maybe 20 pounds or, or so. This one is the cancer that is, is some people are facing. And you need the Bible to be the strength of your life. You need the truth of God's Word to be the strength of your hope and, and, and whatever you're going to experience. There are all kinds of life experiences, the loss of a loved one that are heavy and big. And I've seen people crumble because they don't have a biblical perspective or a biblical worldview to help them lift those weights. So this is the standard. This is the strength that gives you. And when you have a grip on this, then you're able to lift this. And it, it's extremely cool. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a few minutes. But Bible reading, this, again, this is not a message about the value of the Bible or, or, or the idea that the Bible is God's truth. If you want to hear that message, go back to the Creed series and listen to that. <clears throat> but this is about how do we use the Bible to gain strength? How do we continue to develop strength so that we have, when we face someone that pulls in front of us and pulls into that parking spot that we had our blinker on for, and we want to say things and do things that, and, and trust me, I've seen it happen in reels on, on Facebook or wherever you see videos, that, that, that people just go crazy. 
Why? Because they don't have a worldview that grabs them and controls them and puts them in a perspective of saying, that parking spot isn't worth it. That, I have more to live for than that parking spot, right? I have more to, 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 to live for than to give my anger and my frustration and say things and do things that I'll always regret. I have the Bible that gives me a foundation to say, I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. I'd much rather shine a light than be the dark, right? I'm, 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 I'm a, a light on a hilltop. I'm not a, a fighter over a parking spot. There's a big difference. It's a big difference. I'm glad I have a big truck because I just normally find a big spot out, in the, out in, in, the, in, the, in the parking lot and don't even park there. And so we need to understand what God's word is for and how it can build us up. God's word is the complete story of God's love and redemption of mankind. I heard it put one way that there's really four chapters in the Bible. Basically four pieces of the Bible that you could include the Bible all in together. And it's simply this, that God created the world. He created the world, which places a value on you and me. Not only did he create the animals and the trees, but he created you and me, and he breathed into us to make us special, significant, important. And, and he breathed into us a spirit that now relates to his spirit. That's amazing. The second chapter is, the first chapter is God created. The second chapter is humans fell to sin. We, we gave in. We, we, we thought that we knew better. Adam and Eve were tempted and they, get, they ate the fruit of the tree that they weren't supposed to eat. And as a result, they, <clears throat> they sinned. And that sin is, is, is when you disobey God and you think you know better and you, you think you know the way of life and you think you're going the right way and you're doing your own thing. That's sin. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. They thought they wanted to be equal with God, convinced that they should uh, get some fruit or knowledge that, they, should, that they, they thought they needed. And as a result, they sinned. And the world today is feeling the effects we feel the effects of it. Of our pain is a result of Adam and Eve's sin and, and sometimes our own. Then the, sec- the third chapter is God loves and redeems. God loves and redeems. He loves. And if you read through scripture, you'll find the creation of the world. You'll find the fall of humanity. And then you'll find God consistently pursuing man. Giving us all opportunities to see redemption take place in our lives. Old and New Testament. And it's a beautiful uh, uh, story that, that happens. And, and one of the things that I think is the highest message of the scriptures is the value of you and me that God places on us. He's constantly pursuing us. The creator of the universe loves you and me so deeply. And then the fourth chapter is that God will consummate the welcoming of his people to a new heaven and a new earth. And the enemy of our souls will be put into eternal destination. That's the end of the world. That's the end of the world as we know it. And it will be the beginning of a heaven and a new earth. And it will be an amazing place. And we will be with God for eternity. I don't know. It's hard to put that into words. It, It sounds almost casual as I speak. But the power of it is true. That you and I, our hope, our only hope, is that we will have eternity to spend with Jesus and have a relationship with him. That's the story of the Bible. God created, 
humans fell, God loves and redeems, and God will consummate the end of the world with us spending eternity with Him. So, what does that mean? How, how do we take that and then apply it to our lives so that it gives us strength, so that it gives us power? Uh, we have to understand, again, we get, we're going back to the, the Bible is the bar. The Bible is the, the truth. And so this part of the bar is the truth that enables us to carry all the weights or tests of life. You see, you're going to face heavy moments. You're going to face light moments. You're going to face that, 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 that temptation uh, to, <clears throat> to yell or scream at, at somebody who takes your parking spot. You're going to face that moment where, you know, you're, uh, you should watch something on TV that you shouldn't watch. And it's getting a little heavier, right? And it's, it's getting a little harder. What's motivating me to do the right thing versus the wrong thing? Too often we think it's our own will when it's really the power of the Holy Spirit in us reminding us of the truth of Scripture that says, put our minds on things ab- above, Put our minds on things that are going to be fruitful and beneficial to us instead of things that are not. And when we do that, then the bar helps us push the weight. And that's what's so powerful about um, the, the Scripture is that the truth is the essential weight that we lift to be strong. So we're constantly putting truth into our lives so that when the test comes, when the weight needs to be lifted, we have the strength to lift it. And I think it's a really <clears throat> a powerful illustration and understanding that God's truth is the strength that we need to be able to walk through life. If you don't have that, then it, it's go with the wind. Wherever the wind blows, that's where you're going to go because there's no foundation, there's no strength, there's no power inside of us to be able to help us stay on track. There's no power. I, I remember when I was telling the, uh, the uh, volunteers, we have a, a volunteer prayer circle every morning just before church starts. And I was telling them that um, when I went through a, a, an anxiety challenge in my life and I was falling apart, I would put on my Bible app and I, th- I, I'd put on the reading plan for anxiety. And I would, uh, the Bible app, the cool thing about it is it will read to you. And so I just punched it while I'm getting ready for the day. And I would put it right there on, my, on, the, on the counter of, of our vanity in the bathroom. And then I would listen to scripture while I'm getting ready for the day. And it was scripture all about anxiety. It was all stuff that I needed to hear and be reminded of so that I could be strong for that day. I didn't have any strength in myself. I didn't have any strength in my, in my will to get better from anxiety. But as soon as I started hearing scripture and being reminded of it, it would help me. Each day, just take one more step forward. One more step, Ricardo. You got God on your side. You, you're going to get through this. And there was a whole bunch of other things that helped with that. But it was powerful. It was powerful. The truth will help us bear the weight. This is the truth. These are the events of life that are going to face us. And trust me, if you haven't faced anything big yet, you will. And you don't want to be weak in that moment. You don't want to be that person that's, that, that, that doesn't know the truth. And when you're faced with challenge, um, <clears throat> you've got to know the truth. Paul talks about what this looks like in the book called 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 3, verse 10. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 is, is a, a letter from Paul to his uh, uh, protege, Timothy. Timothy's a young minister. 
And he's, he's a guy that's trying to live out his faith in a, in a very challenged world. A, a, a world where persecution is happening. In fact, Paul was probably being persecuted as he was writing this letter. And as a result, he's, te- he's encouraging this young protege, this young minister to hang in there. And he says this, he says, you, however, you, Timothy, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. And so Paul is talking about the very things that as an apostle, he has already gone through. He's been persecuted, he's been beaten, he's been thrown in jail. He's gotten all this crazy stuff. He's had all kinds of people yelling and screaming at him. And he's doing everything he can to live his faith strong. And he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's not a great recruiting statement right there. Okay, I'm just being honest. Hey, you want to serve Jesus? You're going to be persecuted. Okay, not, not, not the most promising recruitment statement, but there's, there's a better way of life in, in, in being a Christian than worrying about being persecuted. Amen? Amen. All right. Said, so in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And so there's, there's a challenge coming. Our faith will be tested. Our faith will be challenged. Our integrity will be challenged. I remember I was working in the corporate world, and I was asked to, to sell this account to someone and make promises that I couldn't keep. And there were some higher-up people that were encouraging me to do that. And I had to put it on the line. And I said to, to, to this higher up person, I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. And he said, do you realize that we'll probably lose this account? And I said, no, you'll lose me if I have to do that. And I said, I won't do it. And I went and I told the customer all that was right about selling this account. And we got the account. And I didn't lose my integrity I didn't lose, and the world, why? Because my integrity is, is a representation of who Christ is. He knew I was a Christian. He knew that if I was willing to compromise there, I'm probably willing to compromise anywhere. And so I had to stand. And I had to have this, this, this rightness in my heart, not because I'm, I'm prideful, not because I'm judgy, not because I, I, I'm better than anybody, just because Jesus lives in here and the truth lives in me. And as a result, I was tested, but praise God, and to God's credit, not my own. I was worried. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose this account. I'm going to lose my job, and praise God, it all came out good. Are we going to stand in the last days? These are last days comments. These are things that are happening today. These are things that, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, that's happening today. The truth is being twisted the, 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 the weight of life is getting heavier and heavier as we live Christian lives. And we have to understand that we cannot be deceived. We cannot afford to get it wrong. And that's why we need the truth in our hearts. Are we going to fight for the salvation of others in the last days? Are we going to re- have a resolve that changes our lives in the last days? I think we need to, we need to have commitment on a, a whole other level. Especially as American Christians...
who are rarely challenged to the degree that most Christians around the world are, you guys, there's going to be a day. I don't know when it will be, and I don't know, I, I, I hope that we don't have to face it to the extremes that others do, but there will be a day where all of our faith will be challenged, and we will be asked to choose. And what will you choose in that day? Paul goes on to continue to encourage Timothy, and he says, but as for you, but as for you, you're not going to be one of those guys that's deceived. You're not going to be one of those guys that falls to uh, pray to the, the challenges of, of the world. You're going to be, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have been convinced, have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so he's telling Timothy, the, the protege, hey, here's what, here's what you need to stick to. Remember what you've learned. Remember what you've learned. And then he, and then he points to the scriptures. If you've learned the scriptures, you're going to make it through the challenges. If you've allowed Christ to build the bar in your life, if you've allowed the truth to become real in your life, then when weight is applied, you'll be able to lift that weight. This bar is so essential to the truth of Scripture in our lives that we need to let it guide and, and determine the direction of our lives. One, one, one statement we make sometimes is that Scripture has the authority to direct and guide my life because of its truth. Its truth is what needs to take over in here. Not, not to negotiate truth. We don't do that. And I realize that in, in, a, in a, a popular culture today, there's this thing called deconstruction, pulling everything apart and, and taking it apart. And I'm okay with deconstruction on some level, especially when you're asking questions. I think questions, the, the, I'm not worried about if the Bible will stand up to anybody's questions. The Bible is true. And if, if, it'll, if you'll give it time, you'll, you'll see it. You'll experience it. I teach it all the time. And, and the reality is, is that the, the Bible's true. And when we hang on to that truth, then it becomes the, the, the ability, then it gives us the ability to carry weight. So, but as for you, continue in what you've learned. Are you a learner? Are you a disciple? That's what disciple, the word disciple means, is a learner or a follower of the teachings of someone. And so are you a person who's going after what Jesus taught? Because if you go after what Jesus taught, then you are a disciple, and your goal, your end goal, is to become like your discipler. Okay, so I, when I disciple people, I don't want them to become like me. I want to disciple them in the teachings of Jesus so they become like Jesus become like me, you're just going to eat Mexican food all of your life, okay? Not a bad thing. It's going to be in heaven. You might as well get used to it now. <clears throat> but continue in what you have learned and become convinced. This is where I think most of us kind of, we, we go to the learning stage, but we don't let it get to the conviction stage or the convinced stage. We're kind of going, yeah, I like the truth. The Bible's really good. It's a great book. It doesn't really do anything for my life. It hasn't changed anything. It doesn't guide my directions. It doesn't tell me what to... If, if it doesn't become a conviction in our heart, then it hasn't reached our heart. It's just gone to our head. 
We can have intellectual assent. We can, we can understand it, but if it's never applied to the way we live life, and it do, if it doesn't become a non-negotiable in our heart, then it's not a conviction. And that's what happens when we come to these weighty moments is we go, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to scream and yell at this, at this person who is um, <clears throat> taking my parking spot, and I'm going to do everything I can to, <clears throat> to uh, just fight them, and, 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 and pretty soon we... We, we think we're going to carry the weight and we leave, we drop it. We have the truth here in our head, but we don't have it in our heart that helps us understand. And we go off. You took my parking spot. And we bump up next to their car. and We park behind them real close. Or we get in real next to them and show them that I'm going to show you. You can't even get in your car. <laughs> Not that I've ever had any of these thoughts. These are all things I've seen on YouTube. And so, and if you believe that, that... What am I convinced of? What, what, what out of Scripture changes you into a follower of Jesus? Where all of a sudden you're seeing life very differently. You're seeing people when you see people on the street, when you're seeing friends in your school, when you're, when you're when in your dating relationships or in, in your marriages. Are you thinking scripture when scripture is, is telling you what to do rather than your emotions that say, I'm going to do something different? You see, we have to let Scripture guide all these behaviors, guide all these thoughts, guide all this thinking, because when it does, then it brings life and not death. It's powerful. And so Paul continues to just encourage Timothy to go and remember what he learned, remember what he was convinced of, know the Holy Scriptures, and make wise choices. In this case, for salvation. Understanding that the redemptive nature of Christ is available to everyone who will apply Scripture to their lives. And then this famous passage shows up right after this. And, and I, I love the context of this because Paul is encouraging Timothy to embrace the Word of God. And he says in verse 16, he says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture, the whole Bible is worth, is able to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us into and training in righteousness so that, and again, I'll teach you a little Bible study thing, so that, if you see a so that, circle it, highlight it in your, in your if you're using the Bible app, highlight it, and so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, for the ability to lift weight. And so we need to let it correct us. We need to let it rebuke us. We need to let it teach us. We need to let it train us. And when we embrace the Bible, we have the ability then to do every good work. Amen? Amen. That weight is going to grow and it's going to get big and it's going to get heavy and, and I can't lift it up. And it's going to get heavier and heavier. But the stronger I get and the more the Word of God guides my life, the more ability I have to lift the weight. 
And these muscles get strong. Why? Because I know the truth, and the truth sets me free. The truth doesn't just set me free. It sets the people that I live with free. It sets the people that I work with free. It sets the people that are outside these walls free because we are living by the Word of God that is living and active and powerful. God breathed. All scriptures, God breathed, inspired, some um, translations say. So we need to let the word of God work in our lives. Training in righteousness. I love what Psalm 119.11 says, another kind of famous passage. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Most people think that's memorization. Whatever you do to ingest scripture, memorization, meditation, reading consistently, reading it over and over again, whatever it takes to ingest and take in the word of God so that when you face that temptation, when you face that that challenge that you're, you're going through, when you face that weighty moment, you're able to lift the weight that God's put in front of you. So how do we do that? How do we read for strength? Let me just say this first. Anytime you make a commitment to work out, you have to make a commitment to the process of working out and have a willingness to change what it takes to work out. I, I was reading this uh, book. <clears throat> it's about things that people do to become great. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like a good book. And there was this guy that wanted, he was, he was about 500 pounds, and he wanted to lose weight. And so the, his, he, he hired a, a coach to help him, and this coach said, number one, you have to be consistent. And so I want to know that you're going to be consistent in working out. And he said, okay, I'm going to be consistent. So what he did is he would get up at 5 o'clock every morning, and he would drive to the gym, he'd go into the gym for five minutes, and then he'd go home. And he did that for six months. Didn't lose a pound. But he was consistent. And his coach said, okay, now that you're consistent, I want you to take more time and go in there and just lift a few weights. So for the next six months, he went in And he lifted a few weights. He walked on a treadmill a couple times. And for 15 minutes, he would be there, and then he'd go home. It's two years later. He's right down around 200 pounds. Why? Because he just said, I will commit to being consistent. Greatness comes with consistency. Greatness comes with a constancy of, of giving ourselves to working out, giving ourselves to exercise, giving ourselves to the... To the, to the input of Scripture. And when we do that, we become stronger and stronger and stronger. We may not see the change right away. We may not see the, 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 the effect. But the Bible has a way of changing us. Joshua 1 verse 7 says this, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that, again, a so that, you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
It's not until consistency happens that prosperity and blessing happens. We want the blessing before. Lord, if you bless me, I'll do. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's like, you know, I'll take the muscles and then I'll go work out. Doesn't happen that way. I'm proof. Okay? Doesn't happen that way. It takes consistency of lifting those weights constantly and going in there and, and, and letting the Word of God change us and shape us and mold us, and then we become strong. But it doesn't happen without consistency, and it has to be consistent. Hebrews 4.12 simply says this. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. This passage of scripture says, For the word of the Lord is alive and active. What the, that, that word alive is simply that. It's living. It's not a dead book. There is no other book like the Bible. Because it's living. It has an effect. And that's the second word. It's alive and active. Or in, in Greek, it simply means if, efficient or if, effective. It works. So there's a living, working book that if we will ingest into our lives, it will change us. It will change us. It takes an open heart to do that, but it changes us. And then it's described as a sharper than any double-edged sword. In In other words, it cuts. It goes deep. It penetrates to the dividing uh, to, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It goes all the way into the soul. It goes all the way into every aspect of our lives. You guys, if you're going to read the Bible, let me just warn you, it's going to change you. It's going to shape us. It's going to mold us. It's going to make us more like Christ every single day. We're going to know God better and, and, and more than we ever have in our lives. Why? Because the Bible is God's revelation of himself to you and me. He wants us to know him. He wants us to get to know this God, the creator of the universe. He wants us to understand who he is and what he has for us and how many blessings he wants to bring to our lives and how many challenges we can face with the strength of God's word as we lift those weights. You guys, I'm excited because I believe that if we will capture this concept of reading the Bible so we can grow strong, we can be a strong church can be a strong church. The literacy of the church is at an all-time low right now. The literacy of the church. If you go on the street and you start asking people about little stories of the Bible, a lot of people don't know the Bible anymore. Used to be you could go out and, and everybody was in Sunday school and everybody was doing something, but now that's not the case. We need to be a church that embraces reading the Bible and taking it in and absorbing it into our lives. <clears throat> this Bible judges us. I think that's why most people don't want to read it. That's to be honest, right? If I read this, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing all this stuff and getting real up close. Oh, boy. I like the distant look, right? I look better back here than I do right up in your grill. Trust me. But we need the Bible to, to show us who we are, where we stand, and when we do, then we can have a real relationship with Christ. We must know who God is if we're ever going to show who God is. 
If you, if you don't know him, how can you show him? If you don't know this God that, that created the universe, and even though man fell, he came and redeemed man and gives man promise for eternal life. That's the whole picture right there. We must be willing to let truth lead rather than preference or passions. Right? All of us have preferences. I, I, you know, if you ask me what restaurant we want to go to, where are we going to go? Mexican, yeah. Yeah, you may want to go get sauerkraut. That stuff's of the devil, all right? We have preferences, but we have to have something that guides us in the truth. In the truth. And if we don't have that, we get lost. We must see the world through the lens of the Bible. When you see the world through the lens of the Bible, you begin to see people differently. You begin to see relationships differently. You begin to see all that we have differently. Because God's in it all. God's in it all. And we're able to to see Christ through the Bible. My encouragement to you today is to get a Bible app on your phone. All of us, most of us have phones now. And, And Right here. I, I realize a lot of people like paper Bible. Good for you. It's awesome. Read it. I'm, I'm like a digital guy. All my reading's done right here. And so my Bible is right here. This precious book that tells me God loves me. This precious book that tells me that there's not a, a, a thing I will face in life that I can't go through without with, with, with God. I, I can go through anything with Him. All things are possible with Christ. I can bear any weight as long as I have the bar of the Bible in my life and a relationship with God. I can do that because of the Bible in my heart. I can do that because truth. Truth helps me say no. Truth helps me say yes. But if I don't have truth, then I don't know what to say. I get confused, right? God wants us to have truth. The Bible app, Bible Gateway, Logos Bible Study Tools, the English Standard Version, the New American Standard Version, the New International Version, whatever version is the most readable for you. If you need help with that, let us know. But the altar today is not... um, an, an emotional pull to say, oh, I'm going to read. The altar today is for tomorrow. You wake up and you say, I'm going to live life differently. I'm going to read it every day. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to open my Bible. And if you need help getting a reading plan together, please ask us because we'll, we'll find out where you are in your faith and your walk. And you'll, we'll, we'll help you find a, a reading plan for that. We want you to grow, but we, if we don't commit to reading our Bibles, we will not grow strong. We will fall. And these moments, we will be weak, and they will fall to the ground. And, and we will we'll mess it up. It'll be worse than, than the event itself. And you guys, I'm convinced that God wants you to know him so you can show him. And when you do that, amazing things happen. Let me pray with you.
Father, I pray your blessing on each person in this room. Lord, you desire for us to know you, and you've written a book so that we can know you intimately. You not only show us the good of life, but the bad. You've shown us how people should go through life and how people shouldn't go through life. And you're really honest with us in this book called the Bible. And we thank you and praise you for that. So, Lord, I pray that everybody here would hunger for truth would hunger for your word, would desire more than anything to wake up in the morning and exercise as difficult as that is and as complicated as that sometimes is with time and energy and all that. Lord, give us the ability to be consistent so we can be great at knowing you and knowing your word and growing strong in our faith. I pray, Father, that you help us, Lord, to go where you want us to go and to do what you want us to do based on the truth of your word. Shape us, mold us, help us to become lovers of truth, lovers of your word, and have the ability, Lord, to lift whenever you choose to give us a, a, a challenge or a difficulty. Help us, God, to have the strength to lift correctly. Help us to have the strength to live rightly so that we can show you to this world. I pray your blessing on every heart. Give us a hunger. Give us a hunger as a church for your word. Give us a thirst that cannot be quenched as we seek to know your truth and seek to know you. I pray for that blessing right now, God. I pray for that power to flow into the hearts of each individual. Lord, even if it's curiosity, help us be curious about your word and your story. And I thank you for that. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible tells us that he loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. And when he died on that cross, that death allowed for your sin and my sin to be forgiven. And that's powerful. And all we have to say, the Bible tells us, is confess it. We have to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me of my sin? And when we do that, the Bible says he will forgive us of all of our sins. And there will be no sin left in our lives. doesn't mean we won't make mistakes in the future, but it does mean that all of our sins are forgiven. And then three days later, after he died, he rose again, and he promises eternal life. And because of that eternal life, we're able to have hope. No matter what circumstance we face, we know that this is just the beginning of life, not the end of it. And so our hope is in the salvation and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our salvation, his resurrection gives us hope. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, but you want one, I just want you to simply pray this prayer. And you can pray it just under your breath. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for me. I have sinned. I have done things I'm not proud of, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin. And based on the work you did on the cross, I receive your forgiveness and appreciate the fact that I am now sinless. I have no sins that count against me. I have no sins in my life. And I believe that you were raised from the dead, and I look forward to the time where I will spend eternity with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. And today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.